The following episode is brought to you by A Beginner's Guide to Nutrition. Are you struggling to create healthy eating habits and maintain a healthy lifestyle? Do you find it challenging to know what to eat and when to eat it? If so, I have the perfect solution for you. My simple guide teaches you not to demonize food groups like fats and carbs. You will learn what to eat to lose weight and maintain your physique. You'll also discover how to build muscle, endurance, and strength. Taking accountability for your lifestyle is one step in the right direction. Learning to rehabit ourselves and eating this, not that, will also help you become the best version of yourself. Realizing that you need to learn how to eat in order to live in moderation is a challenging admission for some to make. The ability to determine that skipping breakfast sets you up for bad food decisions throughout the day sets you up for success in your fitness journey. But that's not all. After you've learned to create healthy habits and food choices, this book doubles as a food journal. This enables you to meticulously track your meals and have a quick reference on what foods to eat all in the same place. This is a blueprint to create a newer and healthier you. Don't wait any longer to take control of your health and wellness. Order my guide today and start becoming the best version of yourself. The link will be in the show notes. Hey, welcome back to It's Called Soccer, where I discuss soccer from the perspective of an American sports fan. I'm your host, Michael. I want to give a special thanks to you, the person who clicked play on this episode. You are the reason why I make these, and I appreciate you. Well, guys, it's official. The most outstanding player in the history of Portuguese soccer will never win a World Cup. The man with 118 goals and 196 appearances will never get to own the World Cup trophy. Cristiano Ronaldo is without a club. He's almost 38. And his strongest prospect to continue to play is in the Saudi League. I can comfortably say he's played his last World Cup game in a Portuguese shirt because at the time of the next World Cup, he'll be 41 years old. A scene we have become all too familiar with now took place at the end of the Morocco game. A salty, sour Ronaldo was the first to leave the pitch and head into the locker room. Only this time, when the camera's catching and walking into the locker room, he was trying terribly to hold back his tears. It's not what I wanted to see as a fan of his, and I respect the career he's had to this point and all that he has accomplished up until this point. But now Cristiano Ronaldo has has to go home and hope for the downfall of his greatest rival, Lionel Messi. I, for one, know he hopes Messi doesn't win because he doesn't want Messi to uh, have a leg up over him. 
But here we are, a very confident and prideful man, and at times an arrogant man, was humbled like never before during this World Cup campaign. The World Cup began with the announcement that his second stint as a Red Devil has come to a nasty end at Old Trafford. And on his way out, his reputation and ego took massive hits. What's most surprising about his World Cup campaign, though, this time around, was just how ineffective a goal scorer he was. I mean, the man scored as many goals as I did during the knockout rounds, and I never thought we'd have equal statistics in the record books. And and you know I don't play, <laughs> so that goes to show you. If I don't play, I don't score. Um, throughout his career, though, He's played in eight separate knockout round games. That's a very impressive feat. But this time around, he approached it all from the unfamiliar territory as he was made to come off the bench. That decision to do it a second time was not as challenging for the coach as it was the first time because the man who the coach replaced him with ended up scoring a hat trick and uh, the team played obviously better without him as they beat um, Switzerland 6-1. to one. But once he was subbed on against Morocco, though, he had a tall order in front of him. Morocco had quietly been the best collective team at the World Cup. They had kept clean sheets against Croatia, Spain, and Belgium. Um, in his 39-minute appearance against Morocco, he only managed one shot on target. And that one shot had, it didn't have a chance of beating the keeper. Let's just be honest. The man who's had his role on the squad relegated to simply being a finisher or a scorer to some degree couldn't even manage to do just that. Score. There was all this talk after the Argentina game about the referees and the Portugal match. But in my opinion, it's just noise. Portugal wasn't the victim of a bad call or a no call. They just got beat. Simple. In the words of the manager, uh, Santos, he said, we could have done more and we failed to do so. Therefore, we shouldn't blame the referee. It doesn't make sense. Santos also seemed to have no regrets for not starting Ronaldo. He said, in fact, at the press conference, I have no regrets. So there you have it. Um, Now, it wasn't all gloom and doom for CR7. When he scored the penalty versus Ghana, he became the first ever player to score in five World Cups. But it's hardly the way any wanted to see arguably the best player of this generation fall out of the World Cup. So what now? He was absolutely banking on having multiple dominant performances during this World Cup tournament. So he could turn that into some offers at the club level at the conclusion of the World Cup. Well, that didn't happen. And in all actuality, he may have made things worse for himself since he fell out of favor with the Portuguese national team. It's been almost a month since that infamous interview with Piers Morgan where he sat down and he said that he didn't respect his manager, Eric Ten Hag. 
And also, he said some other very inflammatory things about the club. After his first season back with Man U, though, he scored an impressive 18 goals, 18 league goals, and was, in fact, their top scorer. However, this season kicked off on the wrong foot, so to speak. He missed the preseason games in Australia and Thailand. And I believe the official cause was listed as personal reasons. But it was also reported this summer that he lost a child, which no parent ever wants to consider that. So that period, though, was crucial since Eric Ten Hag was a newly appointed manager. And newly appointed managers use the preseason to outline tactics and, and just general strategy for the way they want to play moving forward but with Ronaldo having a nasty attitude from the beginning and especially after the beatdown they suffered at the hands of Brentford they were secretly already just done with the guy he was earning $555,000 a week it's half a million dollars a week and that was creating obviously a heavy financial burden on a club that could really use that money to round out a total squad and not spend that on a singular position, especially one being um, as not productive as he was. But as they were trying to shop him as part of some kind of trade, there were clubs that didn't even want him at $80,000 a week, let alone half a million dollars a week. And that was with United covering the difference in pay just to get him out of their club. And that's a very telling uh, item for a player of his ability and stature. But his attitude was most likely the reason. You know, it was a very, very public spectacle when he refused to come on as a substitute during a regular season game at Tottenham, which, you know, United did win. But he also even left the stadium before the final whistle blew. And a club with winning aspiration does not want that cancerous attitude in its locker room. I mean, nobody would. And referencing back to his interview with Pierce Morgan, he stated that he, in fact, wanted to continue playing at the highest levels into his 40s. Now, there were reports that he would join Saudi Arabian club Al Nasser on a two and a half year deal worth around $175 million a year. He dismissed those stories and said they were, quote, not true following, you know, the game against Switzerland. But the biggest issue for Ronaldo, if he wants to continue to play at the highest level, is who on earth would sign him and who could really realistically afford to. Real Madrid has already said no to a reunion. Barcelona may be desperate enough, but they don't have the cash. Chelsea flirted with the idea of signing him back in the summer, but then uh, their head coach, Thomas Tuchel, was completely against the idea. And even though Tuchel was fired in September, it's still just a hard ask to imagine a scenario where any Premier Premier League team signs this guy at all, given how just ugly the divorce was at the end of his time with Manchester United. Paris Saint-Germain is another club in Europe who could afford to sign him, but 
they already have a crowded front three with Messi, Neymar, and Mbappe. The Italian club Napoli was approached this summer by Ronaldo's representatives. But now, heck, they're leading the, the Italian league in points, so they don't need the guy. And they flat out just may not be able to afford him anyway. Sporting Lisbon, his first club, they might have gotten pretty close to signing him this summer. But again, like they just don't have the cash. Now, a potential landing spot could be the MLS, but Ronaldo maintains that he wants to play at the highest level. Now, the MLS is on its way to being something to be at the highest level. But right now, with all due respect, it's just not the highest level of soccer. Now, Enter Miami is a is a club in Major League Soccer, and that team could potentially afford him. And it could also be a very appealing location for him with lifestyle and commercial opportunities. But it's been long reported that they are all in on the Leo Messi hype train. And I don't imagine a scenario where they can afford to have both players on the roster. So where do we go from here? You know, the ability that he has shown to still possess is miles behind what he was capable of at the height of his greatness. But who can blame him? The man is almost 38 and just doesn't have it anymore like that. Like, it's, that's that. And it happens to all the greats. But in his mind, he is the man who scored 24 goals last season, 18 in the Premier League and six in the Champions League. And his camp is full of yes men and people that believe that he is being wronged and that he still has a lot more left in front of him than behind him. However, I believe those days are done. In his current form, he's a player that has shown himself to be unable to deal with the reality of not being as good as he used to be. And that's not the way that any of his fans saw his career ending. And personally, as a big fan of what he was able to do on the pitch, I really hope that he can come back and give us one final moment of glory that is yet to be seen. So that is it. That's going to do it for today. I want to thank you so much for taking the time to listen. And if you are a fan of the show, uh, you know what? Please take the time to tell a friend about it. Consider leaving a rating. Consider subscribing. And have a nice day. And I will catch you on the next one. Later. Later.